Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hi everyone and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. I'm Yvette. And I'm Ellen, and today we're talking with Shelley Treacher, who's a psychotherapist and a member of the Counselling Directory. You can find her on the Counselling Directory or through the Happy Four app. We're talking to her today about all things Freedom Day and restrictions lifting and why we might not be so excited about all of that. It's completely normal for us to feel anxious, but we're going to be talking about how we can tackle those feelings and get through this strange, weird time. So welcome, Shelley. Thanks for joining us today. Um, we wanted to talk to you about Freedom Day, as it's been called, while all the restrictions are lifting and everything's going back to normal. And I guess the big question is, you know, there's a lot of excitement around Freedom Day, but a lot of us are also feeling not excited and more kind of anxious and worried and uncomfortable. Why is that? What's worrying us about Freedom Day? Honestly, I think it's a really normal response to a very abnormal situation. We're still in an abnormal situation. I mean, coming out of long isolation caused by a terrifying, deadly threat, our nervous systems are still going to be triggered. One reason we might feel like this is because we've got used to being on guard. And it might take us a while to come out of the body's threats like a response to calm down and to get back to normal because we've been vigilant for so long. And on top of that, it's also possible that some of us have developed social anxiety after being isolated from others for so long. So we might have a natural inclination to just want to stay indoors. And, you know, some of us might have a fear of being seen, having relied on food to cope with the pandemic. And coping with the pandemic might also have caused us to block off our feelings. I think also one thing that I'm definitely experiencing, I don't know if it's the same for you both, but... I feel nervous about us kind of lifting lockdown and, you know, masks no longer being required. And I feel very much like, is the outside world actually safe? 
do you feel like that's a common fear and how do we deal with that? Yeah, I see this all the time. I mean, people go from one extreme to the other. Some people are really kind of in denial probably and blasé about the risks. But a lot of my clients are saying, oh, I'm not really sure this is happening all of a sudden and it's a bit of a shock. So I think probably the best thing to do is to take it slowly and to fact check. Things have changed. Things are different now. And it's going to take our physiological systems time to catch up with that. Uh, But we need to check the news, check how things have changed and check what the actual risks are now because they've changed. It's been a massive journey from beginning to end. This, you know, not the end so far. And we kind of need to examine exactly what we're terrified of now because it might be stuck in a year and a half ago. Mm. Mm. I think also it's worth mentioning, like, you can still do the safety things that maybe made you feel secure. Like, I'm going to continue wearing masks, etc., at least for the foreseeable. Yes, (laughs) 100%. (laughs) To be honest, even just like having this conversation and hearing all the things you're talking about, Shelley, um, I was kind of just getting a bit nervous about it all because I think the way that I've dealt with um, Freedom Day and everything is just total denial. You know, I've just been thinking, no, I'm just going to stay on my flat. It's fine. I'm not going to go out because I can work from home, so I'm not going to go out to a workplace. I'm not going to go out and do sort of go to big gatherings. Yeah, I'm just going to keep wearing my mask. Yeah, it's um, it's a bit of a scary time, isn't it? And yeah, so I will still be wearing a mask. Um, I think for me, there's fears around the social stuff. It's interesting you mentioned around the social anxieties because I've seen a lot of things through this whole pandemic in terms of different friends approaching the whole thing very differently. So I've been incredibly cautious. My whole family has been incredibly cautious, like going way beyond the government guidelines and then seeing like one of my best friends being... Uh, not cautious and not not breaking the rules, but certainly being fairly relaxed around everything. So do you have any advice on meeting up with friends like well, that? <laughs> quite honestly, it's such a difficult dichotomy, isn't it? It always has been, but now it's going to be even more triggerable because we're all weighing up the risks versus the need for social contact. We can't underestimate our need for that. We need touch, we need co-regulation, and we need community in order to be able to thrive. And everybody's like champing at the bit to be able to do that. But we've had this almost a year and a half in isolation where we've become really unskilled in those ways of connecting. (laughs) And so now not, not only are we scared of the actual physical health risks, we don't really know how to talk to people anymore. And we've probably got an overload of uh, yearning and stress and all the things that we've been dealing with. And none of that is going to be healed when we first meet our our people. (laughs) It's going to take a lot more care than that. Is there a way to kind of ease ourselves back into socialising? Because I think what you just said about being unskilled, I very much feel that. I just want to make sure that the first time I interact with people, I'm not, you know, panicking or just really awkward. Yeah, I think, do you know, it could even herald a new time, really. Mm. A lot of people have always said yes when they mean to say no. And I think that was one of the reliefs of the pandemic. People got to enjoy their own company and not feel like they had to please everybody else and do everything that they were invited to. Uh, So we got to rest. And so I think the way forward is learning what's right for you and taking time to be self-reflective 
and to learn how to to do what you actually want to do and to trust your own sense of what's right and taking your time with that does that make sense to you yeah Mm. definitely I think you're right about um it's been I don't I don't want to be blase about the pandemic but it has been kind of nice having an excuse to not do things like you can just say rather than I don't want to do that you can say oh well it's the pandemic I'm being cautious etc so I think I agree it's going to be interesting to see if we stick to those boundaries but I think also what might come into play is um our energy levels I don't know if this is something that you're concerned about but like I think I get so exhausted now doing what I used to do pre-pandemic I don't know how I'm going to be able to cope with kind of like normal life again. Yeah, do you know, I'm glad you've said that, actually. I think that's a massive part of what we've all been going through. And that's important to take seriously, that we're all on the edge of burnout. This Mm. has been really tough on all of us. And so you can't really underestimate taking it cautiously and being considerate and kind to yourself and... You know, there's so many reasons why it's taken so much from us. Part of it is being on our own all the time. Part of it is being okay with your own company. Some people find isolation really difficult. Some people love it. Um, The change, the threat. There's so many things. It's overwhelming just listing them, frankly. (laughs) So, you know, going back into the world, it's exhausting when somebody wants something from you and it's hard for us to say no. So, so we need to be really careful with ourselves. I feel like I'm repeating myself, but I don't think I can repeat it enough. Being kind to what you actually need is the key. Mm. It's interesting what you said um, in there earlier as well about, you know, the physical contact side of things. And especially if you've been on your own, like over the pandemic, because I've lived alone and it's, I've had this weird sort of ticking clock in my head thinking, I haven't had a hug in a year. Then it was, I haven't had a hug in a year and a half. And so, but now I've had a hug with my mum once, I think, and one with my best friend the other day. So I think that's two hugs in a year and a half, which is odd because I'm quite a huggy person normally. Like um, when we recorded this in sort of real life before, I was always like hugging guests, hello and goodbye. And that's just the sort of person I am. Um, I was not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the exact opposite. But yeah, so I can see where you're coming from. (laughs) But that's the thing now. I think it's going to be a bit kind of interesting in social situations negotiating that because I'm I'm not really a huggy person anymore. Just because like it's it's very sort of like I'll think right. Well, okay, I can probably just hug this one person, but I'm not going to go around hugging everyone anymore. Um, But then there'll be other people probably who I don't know want to just go back to total normality. And then I'll just be backing away from them. So this is a deeper conversation in a way, because it's about learning to prioritise how you feel and what you need and all the stress or anxiety that might come with telling someone you don't want to do what they want you to do and sensing that they want a certain response from you and you not wanting to give it, but feeling like you might have to, because especially if you used to do it in the past, they might expect it. So you might feel even worse if you don't give it. But the deeper side of that is (laughs) to get really deep on you. It's probably a fear of abandonment and losing that kind of person, which might be a trigger. 
that's to do with survival and culture, or it might be an earlier trauma that's been being resurfaced, which of course has been massive for a lot of people in lockdown. Well, that's really interesting. We've got very deep very quickly, very quickly haven't we? <laughs> well, talking to a psychotherapist, I think that's likely. <laughs> the expectations point that you raise about kind of having to deal with what other people want from you rather than maybe what you want. I feel like that's a big theme across the whole of Freedom Day. Like, I definitely feel like, am I being like a stick in the mud for not wanting to like go out to like pubs and like go and do all these like wild things? How do you deal with the pressure of this is what I should be doing or this is what everyone else wants to be doing and knowing that you're just not ready yet? Yeah, that's a really nice question as well. I think it's self-regulation and uh, coming back to what you need and checking in with your body, recognising that there's a feeling in you that's not quite satisfied, um, allowing yourself to breathe, maybe slowing down, maybe even practising self-regulation exercises. I can give you one if you want one. Yes, please. <laughs> Go for it. I I think was... we, we always like an exercise. That's yeah. always great. So I'm not sure if you'd be able to do this in company if you're actually faced with walking into the pub. You might be able to if you could find a quiet spot. But so this is all about calming your nervous system down from a little bit of a heightened state because you're starting to go into anxiety and, oh, God, I'm not pleasing people. So your breath starts to get a bit shallow. Your heart rate might start to increase. And just noticing those things might even help. But what you can do is to bring your nervous system down is, <laughs> do you want to actually try it with me? Shall I lead you through it? Let's do it because I feel like we're going to do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you don't. Yeah. Nice. So you turn your head slowly, but gently all the way to one side. So if you turn your head to the left, it's best if you're lying down, but you can do it standing up, keeping your eyes open and then you, you turn your head as far as you can without it being uncomfortable and then make sure that your eyes turn in that direction even further so you're looking behind you. And this is it. You just stay there until you get a yawn or a deep sigh or a breath or even a laugh, but something that changes your breathing. And I have never actually done this where it didn't work, where if you wait for a few minutes, you'll get a breath you'll get some kind of deep yawn and your nervous system will start to moderate itself. And then once you've done that, you go over to the other side. So if you go over to the right and then do the same thing, you're just looking as far as you can in that direction until you get a yawn, a deep sigh, a breath. And I kind of guarantee that that is going to bring your nervous system down a little bit, which you kind of need to get into a more rational state of mind to be able to prioritise what you actually want to do. I've never heard that exercise before. <laughs> that's really good. I feel like we've had a lot of them on this on this podcast. So that's thank oh, you. That's, that's great. Brilliant. I'm why, really does, why, why does that work? <laughs> So I'm not much of a scientist. You probably need to ask someone who specializes in the polyvagal theory. But it's, uh, I, you know, I can't even tell you, but it's, it's to do with increasing your breath, which mm. sends different messages to your brain that the threat is now over. You don't need to worry. And so your system can calm down and stop being on alert. We all need this right now. Yeah, for sure. Mm. And I think the getting out of the alert flight off, What's it called? Fight or flight. 
final fight just completely forgot what it was um especially when we're so used to like seeing risks everywhere i think Mm. that could be really useful yeah spot on we're just in that hyper aroused state all the time right now say if somebody has like a deadline for getting back to work or they've got a deadline for like they know they've got a friend's wedding coming up they've got something big basically like a big social gathering or something that they're worried about Do you have any suggestions on like daily things that they could be doing, like daily exercises that they could be doing to to help at all, to get them in a sort of calmer, more confident mindset? Well, I'm sure you've had mindfulness mentioned millions of times on this podcast. I really think there's a lot in it in focusing on the moment rather than what you're going towards, taking one step at a time. Uh, checking what you need to be okay right now in this moment rather than worrying about the future and what's going to happen. You can also start to explore exactly what it is you're afraid of happening because it's usually something that probably won't happen and what you think you're afraid of is not actually what you're really afraid of a lot of the time. So it can be really powerful just to know what's in your mind. Um, But really, I would take it back to the breath and slowing down, being in the moment, uh, giving yourself a pep talk about how great you are, maybe focusing on your strengths and maybe focusing on how to connect with people rather than what you might be doing wrong. Fostering a dialogue within yourself about what your limitations and what support you need, what your limitations are and what support you might actually need. Taking that seriously. This is unusual. I can't say it enough. This is an unusual circumstance and it needs extra care, which means paying attention to how you feel. I think some people are also worried that I think there's kind of like a there's the FOMO aspect of all this happening. But then there's also the idea that um, everybody's going to suddenly sort of rush out and do lots of socialising and they'll be left isolating on their own. Um, Do you have any thoughts on what to say to them or how to support them? Or things that they could, I don't know, affirmations, things they might find helpful. I don't know if you use affirmations in your practice. but Yeah, affirmations are lovely. Um, I think you're right about the fear of missing out, though. I think, well, the majority of people that I come across, not just my clients, but friends and people in shops and wherever I'm going, they're not going out and going crazy. It's only the young people doing that, <laughs> the really young people, and only a certain section of them. Um, so I'd say take heart in the fact that you're really not alone. You're in the majority. And most people are just going to slightly start coming out of this nervousness and it's going to take time. So you're in good company. Um, as well as affirmations about there being nothing wrong with you, you can also do the opposite. You can explore what it is that makes you feel like you should be like somebody else. I mean, surely you're unique and special. And what makes you interesting to yourself, what are you actually interested in? And it's probably not what the rest of the herd are doing or what you think they're doing. Do you think that kind of the wording of Freedom Day and like all the chat about we'll be able to do this again and this again and the kind of excitement, do you think that adds to any of the kind of the FOMO and the pressure to be you know, excited and free and ready to do everything. Oh, I'm sure it does. I'm sure just the announcement that we're going back to opening everything Mm. would inspire people to think, oh, 
I should be going back to normal now and I'm feeling kind of nervous about it. So therefore there's something wrong with me, (laughs) but that's not true. That's so not true. We're all going through this change. And I think often we feel frustrated with ourselves if we're sensitive or if we think that people will think we're too sensitive. It's a bit of a culture thing, isn't it? We, we, we have a bit of a maybe patriarchal societal thing that says we need to be emotionally strong. But again, this could be a real turning point for us where we prioritize our mental health, where we prioritize how we feel and start paying attention to how the world might even be a better place if we did that. I think on that note, one thing is that in lockdown, a lot of people have gone, okay, I'm actually taking time for myself. I'm investing in my own well-being. How do we make sure that when we kind of go back to semi-normality, we don't let go of those things that we've done and we keep, you know, going for walks and baking and doing all those other things that we found helpful? God, that's such a difficult one, isn't it? Because we will, we'll try and go back to the norm. <laughs> Again, I think it's it takes practice. It takes an actual decision to, mm. to it's just like exercise. If you want to tone a muscle, you're going to have to do it repeatedly. Uh, this one will take putting an alarm on your phone to, to make sure you have time set aside for yourself. Uh, I'm sure actually in the last however long it's been, that's been a play backwards and forwards for a lot of people where we fall back into the stressful response and then have realised this isn't good for me and come back to looking after ourselves again. So it's just the same. We need to carry on and more vehemently with strategies in place, like even something on your wrist to remind you that you need to look after yourself. I think setting an alarm is actually a really good shout I used to do this thing where um, I would literally write in my planner like scheduled relaxation time and have like a window of time to just do like genuinely relaxing, non-productive things. But I think that could be so helpful as we come out of lockdown is just actually doing the things that we've been using as support, like going on daily walks and stuff like that. Yeah, that's really lovely. And I think you could add to that by putting it, you may be doing this already, by putting it in a colour that makes you happy Mm. and seeing how much of that colour you've got in the week. If you could give us maybe three things to do or think about as Freedom Day hits and what we should be doing and thinking about to make sure we're looking after our mental health this is so badly worded at this specific time and with this situation of restrictions lifting well I think first you need to fact check and find out what the actual risks are now because things have really changed so inform yourself of what's going on make a list of what you feel the risks are to you what you're actually frightened of and then what your needs are so that you know what you're aiming for Uh, so this might be something like needing to take your time and say no or yes when you feel comfortable um and and really just to normalize how you're feeling and give yourself credit for going some going through something that's a really normal reaction to a very abnormal situation is that three i think so (laughs) that was perfect i think that's a great message and i will be doing the turning head to side thing Oh, great. That's really helpful. That was great. Thank you, Shelley. That was really interesting. You're so welcome. There is something else I need to say. Oh, yeah. So you can find me on the counselling directory, 
which is counsellingdirectory.org.uk. You can download their free Happyful app there and you can also read the digital magazine for free as well as search for local support groups, which I run. I run quite a few support groups and you can find counsellors and coaches and nutritionists and people who can help you with these techniques. So this is goodbye from Mentally Yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from Mentally, 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 Mentally Yours. Mentally Yours. Mentally Yours. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today, you can give the Samaritans and Ring on 116123. If you like Mentally Yours, you can also find us on Twitter. We're at MentallyYRS. We also have a lovely Facebook group, which is just called Mentally Yours. And if you really liked us, you could do us a massive favour and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's much appreciated. Uh, helps us, you know, continue doing what we're doing. So please do rate and review and check back in next week for more Mentally Yours. 